0: It's
1: time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you are On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants Mobile App. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs and have some fun.
0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Wednesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants Mobile App. John Schmelk Jeff Fegels, Paul Dottino with you. It's part two. ...of our NFC East preview, ranking the units across the NFC East. Guys, good morning. How are you? Good afternoon. Hello, John. What's up, Polly? All right, so the people that listened yesterday know the format here. I have split position groups, five on each side of the ball. We rank them one through four, giving point totals. Obviously, the team in first place gets four points. The team in last place gets one. Then we tally them. Of course, this is not an exact science but it gives us an idea of general talent from team to team in the division just to give us an idea of exactly where the Giants fall in relation to the other teams in the NFC East. Lance and I gave our numbers yesterday. I will not give them now to to ruin the um, anticipation of what Paul and Jeff are going to do. I also don't want to bias them in in their rankings, but we will review them at the very end. And I tried, Paul and Jeff, to go back and look at our rankings the last two years, but I did remember them as best I could. You know, two years ago, if you guys recall, back in 2019, uh, the Giants were near the bottom of this rankings with Washington. Last year, they jumped into third place, but they were much closer to second place than they were to fourth place, Mm -hmm. uh, which, by the way, was Washington, so it shows how much we know. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's true. Let's be honest. So this year we'll see exactly how much they've been able to advance up given the amount of talent that they've added in the draft and free agency. Gentlemen, are you ready to go? One let's I have one go. clarification. Yes, Can you please. please
2: identify the five? What are we doing? Are we doing um are we doing a total? Uh what are they? That's I got on offense, are we doing Q B wide receiver, yeah, running back, I will, offensive? I will mind? I will list them for you right now.
0: Uh, And this is important, by the way. We're not talking about the position group in terms of being set up for the future. We're talking strictly performance in 2021. That's all that matters. Performance in 2021. Beyond that, I don't care. The performance this year is all that matters. So offensively, we'll do quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and offensive line. Mm -hmm. On defense, we're going to do defensive line, and that includes interior. So defensive tackles in the 4-3 and in the 3-4, your hand-in-the-dirt guys, right, your 3-4 defensive ends and your 3-4 defensive tackles. So Leonard Williams, Austin Johnson, Dexter Lawrence, they would all be included in that category. Then you have the edge rusher category, which are your traditional 4-3 defensive ends, the DeMarcus Lawrences, the Randy Gregorys, the Brandon Grahams. But for the Giants, those are your stand-up outside rushers, right, the Lorenzo Carters, guys like that. Then you go off-ball linebackers. Mm-hmm. So for the Giants, he's your inside guys, the Blake Martinez's, the Tay Crowders, the Reggie Raglins. And for the 4-3 teams, these are any of your general generic 4-3 linebackers because they're not pass rushers or playing off the ball. Then you have cornerback and safety for the other two defensive spots. And then for bonuses, we have coaching and special teams for categories 11 and 12. Any questions there, boys, or are you ready to roll? Sounds good. Okay, here we go. Let's start with quarterback Jeff Feagles, Paul Detino. Sort it out. What do you got?
1: Go ahead, Paul. Well, you know, you've made the rules very simple here, John. You're talking strictly about 2021. And if you're s- just going to go by this year. And by the way, contracts don't matter either. We're
0: talking strictly performance on the field. Right. That's all. So we in care other about. words,
2: if, if we fast forwarded and we were sitting here as the season was over and looking at that, which teams came out as these rankings, this is what we're going for.
1: We're basically right? exactly which, which groups will perform gotcha. best this season best period. This year. Yes, that's okay. correct. Yep. Right. So, given that factor, uh, I'm going to have to go with my number one team being Dallas. I do think that Prescott has the most accomplished resume of any quarterback in the, league, in the, uh, in the division. Not in the league, in the, in the division. Now, even though he's coming off of serious ankle surgery, look at the weaponry around him. We know that the offensive line was badly beaten up last year, but I think they'll be adequate enough that he's still going to be able to deliver a bunch of big-time passes. So it would not surprise me, even though Dallas will probably finish third in the division, that Prescott will have the best year of the starting quarterbacks. I will go Daniel Jones number two because I do have confidence in him. I do believe the weaponry is better than it was, and I also have faith that the offensive line will have internal improvement. I'll go with Ryan Fitzpatrick as number three, simply because when he's on, he's really good. When he's off, he's dreadful. And Jalen Hurts, I just think he's mostly dreadful. He's a backup quarterback in this league, so that would be my order for the quarterbacks. That
0: was identical, by the way, to what Lance and I had, Paul. How about you, Jeff?
1: Uh, You guys, all three are identical, not me. (laughs)
2: <laughs> talk to me Jeff what do you got all right well I think we're all agreeing agreeing totally about Dallas you I have think to that Dak has to be one yeah so um, this is where I differ from you guys on number two and number three I'm actually going to put Washington above the Giants um, just because I feel like like you said Paul that if it's you know he's good um, and when he's on he's on but I also believe that the Washington, and I'm getting a little ahead of myself, their offensive line is good. Uh, They'll give him time to throw. Uh, The only thing here that can change this is if he gets hurt. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do from there. And then I think the Giants, they, they still have to prove it to me um they're going in here uh guns alone in here man they got the offensive line that they're set at they feel that those are the guys they're going to run with daniel jones has been surrounded with all kinds of weaponry um and then i think philly is basically what paul said they're just they are in a rebuild 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 and i am not convinced that any of the quarterbacks that they have there are going to have a better year than any of the other guys that we mentioned so i have dallas washington Giants and Philly. And by
0: the way, Lance and I had a pretty lengthy debate uh, with Fitzpatrick versus Jones because you could easily— I think it wouldn't surprise me if Fitzpatrick plays the whole season 16 games. Me either. If at the end of the year his numbers might be slightly better than Jones, would that, like, blow me away, shock me? No. Of course not. But, but I think what kind of swayed Lance and I on that, too, was we think Fitzpatrick, who I believe is going to be with 38 when the season starts or 39— and yep. Daniel Jones is kind of on the way up, and Fitzpatrick—you don't know when that drop-off is going to happen. So that's why we ended up going with Jones over Fitzpatrick. But Jeff, I totally get where you're coming from on sure. that. Sure,
2: it's it's a you know toss-up there, really, and it's just depending on on the guy's statistics and health. Yep. And by the yeah. way, I'm sorry, Paul. By the uh-huh. way, it's also going to depend on the health of the other guys too so i mean even if those quarterbacks both stay healthy of course and their offensive line gets in trouble or their number one receiver
1: or running back get hurt this could change a lot of different things i do think there's one other factor here jeff and i think the giants are pretty much married to daniel jones and he's going to have a tremendous amount of rope he would have to totally flame out for mm-hmm. the Giants to take him out of the lineup because they want to find out if he is the franchise guy. Yeah. So so he can afford to struggle a bit if if that's what happens. I'm not saying that it will, but he's got some leeway because they're going to want to see him work his way out of it. Not so with Washington.
0: Oh, yeah, Paul, I, I think Heineke has a chance to, to definitely influence that starting
1: spot. I'm I with think you. they were very pleased with what they saw in his cameo last year. He's obviously a whole lot younger than Fitzpatrick, who is already on the other side of the mountain, so to speak, on the back nine, you know, to use a golf phrase that Jeff could get into. Perfect. So <laughs> I I just think that if Fitzpatrick struggles, he may find himself on the bench really quick. No, I agree with that 100%. All right, let's jump to running backs here, guys.
0: Jeff, let's start with you here. Remember, just want to remind everybody. That this is the position group as a whole, so we're not just talking about starters. You can look at the group in totality because we know how for a lot of teams running back is now a by-committee type of approach here with some sure. of these teams. So, Jeff, yeah. why don't you start with running back?
2: And that's a good point. I think you got to talk about two players at every position, excuse me, at the running back position no matter what because those guys are just, they're just different skill sets and you need two of them. Um, i think the cowboys to me will be the number one team i think they're getting their offensive line back and healthy ezekiel elliott is going to be back and then tony pollard i mean what a good run i would love to have that guy on our team i think he is an absolutely stud so those two guys together um i think we'll will rule the roost here with the running back position i think the next one is new york um i got uh, obviously uh, saquon coming back but when you look at that Running back room, there isn't many guys left from last year. Um, it's a whole new group, but I think if Saquon being healthy, and then uh, Booker, and then you got Boston Scott, those three guys. Um, my third one will be Washington. Um, you got Gibson, you got McKissick. And then you also have Peyton Barber. Those three guys share up a lot of time, and I think that the last one will be the Eagles. Uh, Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, those are the only guys I can really think of. I'm not uh, keeping track on how many other guys are still on the roster there, but that's my <laughs> – because <laughs> they are going through a lot of guys oh, over there. Oh, they have a lot of guys in Philly, man. It's crazy. Uh, so, and that's good for us. And I so I, in my order, John, Cowboys, Giants, Washington, Eagles. That was identical to mine, just FYI. Mr. Dettino, how about you?
1: Well, I've also got to go with Dallas being number one because I do like Tony Pollard a lot. I think Ezekiel Elliott is already past his peak. I do think he's going to start being on the downside. Yeah, I
0: think that's fair, Paul, especially given his year last year. I'm with you on that.
1: However, I do think that Pollard has a lot of good football in him. He's just reaching his prime now. And so I've got to go with Dallas as number one. I will go with Washington as number two oh. between Gibson, McKissick, Barber, Lamar Miller, even, um, you know, and they've even got the little shrimp from Buffalo, Jared Patterson, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, look, extremely, I productive. extremely productive, extremely productive at a low level of college football, even though it was still division one. You
0: are very lucky Lance is not on the show, Bob, mm-hmm. right? you know, using uh, such a derogatory you know, term for for small shrimp. people, Paul. He would not have
1: been happy with you. All right, we'll take it back. <laughs> it's fine. In the mean, no, in the meantime, back. I just think that there is some more proven depth on the Washington running back core than there is on the Giants core. Mm. And I still don't know what to make of Saquon Barkley yet. I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic, but mm-hmm. I don't know. By the way,
0: Lance had the exact same argument, Paul. You and Lance both in agreement had Washington at number two. How about yeah. that? You and Lance on the same page. Who well, would have thought it?
1: Look, and it would be really great if Devontae Booker is everything that Dave Gettleman wants him to be, but I don't know that I can say that yet. That's fair. All right, so who do you have? And obviously, Clement and Armstead are are guys who have been in this league, but so often injured. And it it always troubles me when your insurance guys have an injury history themselves. So I got to put the Giants three. And Philadelphia's got to be four. Now, of course, you know they did draft one of my favorite running backs in this rookie class, Kenneth Gainwell, uh, in the fifth round. I don't necessarily know that he's ready to make an impact as a rookie, but I do think he's going to be a really good back in this league, but it's not going to be in 2021. I think he's going to really kind of uh, go into the limelight in 2022. So i got to go Philly four.
0: Believe it or not, um, Jeff and I were identical. You and Lance were nearly identical. And you guys are well aware of Lance's obsession with depth, right? Yes. Due to that obsession with depth, he actually put the Giants last in running back, believe it or not, which I was a little surprised by. Hmm. And he goes at number three.
2: Yep, I was surprised by that too, but that was his ranking.
0: Well, I remember, he believes remember, that
1: Kerryon is... Johnson is a big deal, huh?
2: Well, I mean. He... It's collectively, though. I mean, so it's not just, we're not just Saquon here. So I, I can see his argument there. He
0: I loves really numbers. Care. You know, Lance, he loves veteran depth, baby.
1: No one yeah. likes veteran
2: depth like Lance Meadow. All right,
0: and Lance... Does, he,
1: does he know that Jordan Howard is like several years removed from <laughs> being anything any good? I understand. I had the argument with him, too.
0: Do you think I won that argument? No. The answer is no. You didn't have enough time. <laughs> yeah. That's a problem. Yes, I need about four hours and like I need to strap electrodes to him. 'em. All right. <laughs> Let's go to wide receiver guys. Paul, why don't you lead us off here? And we can pick up the pace a little bit.
1: Okay, I'm sorry. We'll we'll oh, zip okay. it a little bit long. And and you know, I, I look at this and it's just really, really, really stacked between two teams, the Giants and the Cowboys. I just think there's so much available here for these guys to throw to. But I'm going to go, believe it or not. I'm going to go with the Giants, because I just think that they've got too many really good guys. I, I, I'm looking at their top six, you know, and I'm including Ross as number six. Um, you know, I think Pettis is, is five, I, behind Slayton, Galladay, Shepard, and Tony. Holy smokes! I don't know. I don't know that I can go quite that deep. With Dallas, I think so if I'll you go, go Giants, yeah, I think if you go
0: Dallas, it's uh, it's on the strength of their top three, right? Right. And I think that's the strength of the Cowboys,
1: right? But the question was the unit, no, hundred percent. It wasn't the I starters. Understand. I'm I I'm not debating and arguing with you. Okay, so I'll go Giants number one. I will go Dallas number two. Uh, I still have to go with Philadelphia number three and and sink Washington down to the bottom. Now, again, Philadelphia uh, went for that first-round pick, Devonta Smith. I know that they really believe he's going to be a big-time player. Uh, For his sake, I hope he works out very well in the NFL. I still have doubts about his durability. I'm sorry, but that's just part of my DNA. But (laughs) we'll assume for the sake of this argument that he's going to play a lot. And I'll put Philly number three and Washington number four because after Terry McLaurin, I know Curtis Samuel's had some success in this league, but I'm not overly impressed.
2: Jeff, how about you? That is what we're doing.
1: We're arguing here, right? This is an argument, and I am arguing with you.
2: I I have a complete. This is I'm I'm guessing that this is probably where all of us are going to. These aren't going to be identical. Um, I'm going to have the Cowboys number one. They have Dak Prescott throwing to Cooper, Lamb, and Gallup. All three of those collectively are they're really, really good. Um, I have Washington as number two because McCarran uh, McLaurin, excuse me, is phenomenal. Um, Curtis Samuel has some game. okay, and I think that uh, they have some a group of other people and they have a good offensive line. I think that uh, Fitzpatrick can throw some some missiles to those guys. And then I have the Giants at at number three. Um, with Shep, Slayton, Galladay, Ross, and Kadarius, that's a really good thing. But the fact is, is that John Ross is a, kind of a journeyman a little bit. Kadarius is a is a rookie. Galladay, new team. Um, Slayton's got to come back with a better year. So, and then the Eagles, I got them dead last. Even though they got Devonte Smith, I mean Rager, he still needs to learn how to play in the in the National Football League. Um, I think what well, how do you name him is Travis. How do you say his last name? Fulgham. Fulgham. Yep. I think that they, uh, they've got a good little nucleus there. I think they're going to grow. But i got Cowboys, Washington, Giants, and Eagles. Those are my guys. Interesting. You know,
1: for Washington to move up high in that rankings, you better hope that Di- Diami Brown becomes yep. a real exciting rookie because otherwise you've got no chance. You better hope that I – that you don't did I don't beat you
2: that's all I got to say. <laughs> okay. So you're going to come and attack me Paul about you better bet you, you know what we'll see who wins. All
0: right so Lance and I were identical. <laughs> we had Cowboys 1 Giants 2 Washington 3 and Eagles 4. Okay so, so
2: the, wow. everyone was a little bit different. A
0: little bit in different. This. I like
2: which is good. Yes. I like to see No that. no I like to be, I like to be a little bit different too. All right let's go to tight end Jeff want to lead us off here. Real quickly on the wide receivers. Please. Ball. The Eagles have no one to cut the throat to catch the balls from their quarterback is i mean what are they going to do they're going to they're going to have a meeting like can we get the ball please well um, I, I know jeff
1: but the question was the room right. the unit the it question is to yeah do with the other stuff yeah. right the whole unit's not going to get the ball because they're not going to be able no, to throw no, it to i him. know they're not getting the ball but that's not on them that's, that's not their they're gonna fault be if their quarterback can't hit the side of, a, of an ocean
2: okay and how uh, about tight ends, ends? yes, yes.
1: And by the way, tight
2: ends is
0: tough, and Lance and I had this debate too because we don't think Zach Ertz is going to be back in Philly, but he's still there. So how do you count him in this situation? You know what I mean? It's kind of a weird situation, so you guys can handle that however you want to handle it.
1: Okay. Hmm.
2: Can I defer to Paul real quickly? I didn't have the tight. For some reason, I missed the tight
1: end. Well, that's ends. okay. So, Paul, go ahead first. You go Let
0: first. Well, do mine I've, I've
1: got to go Giants first with Ingram and, and Rudolph and Caden Smith. I, I still like Smith as their third tight end. I know Toy Lolo has been a really good blocker over yeah. his career, and many people may think that he could get more snaps than Smith, and that's entirely possible if they stress more of a running game. But I'm, I'm going to go with those four guys. I don't think there's much doubt in my mind that those four uh, would be the best tight end room in the division. I'm going to assume that Ertz is gone. So uh, I got to go Dallas between Jarwin and Schultz. Really? Dallas too, huh? Yeah, okay. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. And then I will go to uh, to Washington with Logan Thomas. I know they drafted John Bates this year. I, I, I wasn't necessarily as high on him as some others. I Fourth-round pick, I mean, geez, I don't know about that one. Uh, and then uh, Goddard and whoever else the Eagles wind up putting out there. So that's where I'll go. Okay. <laughs> you know,
2: this would have been a question. It's like, how do we rank the tight ends versus the Giants?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I would go, um, I'm going to put Giants first. I think that uh, all think of us,
0: all of us put Giants first. Proven veterans at those,
2: I. at the position, dynamic players, actually. Um, and I'm really excited about both those guys uh, coming back in 2021 and having just outstanding seasons. Um I will go with Dallas second, like Paul, um, to, for the reasons that he said. This is where I get well, between Washington and the Eagles. i, I got to put the Eagles at third because I, I know that Logan Thomas, he had a great year last year at that new position. Um, but I feel like this people just – you know they, they didn't know how to play him a little bit. I think they'll they'll pay attention more to him. And I, and really, when you look at the depth of that position, like you said, John Bates, he's a fourth round draft pick. I don't know what they're going to get out of there. So, I, but I like I know about the Eagles and I know Goddard can play. And so I'm going to put him third in Washington. I think on the offensive side of the football for Washington, I think the tight ends probably to me is probably their, their their worst position offensively. Um, so I'm going to put them last.
0: Interesting. I had Lance and I both had the Eagles second. I guess we like Goddard more. And then we had I had the Cowboys last. You guys had them second. So we have a lot of variations here on the tight ends, which I think is interesting. All right, let's go to the offensive line group. Figs, can you lead us off on this one?
2: I can. Um, th- this is easy for me. I think Washington is the most talented um, up front. I've said that repeatedly this morning or this afternoon. Um, I think the second group would probably be the Eagles. Um they have uh, you know they they were put through the ringer last year big time as far as injuries and stuff they got a lot of guys coming back I think they'll be better I know that's probably shocking to you guys but this is just what I think um, I'm gonna put the Cowboys at third and the Giants fourth um, I think the Cowboys are getting healthier uh, those guys their three big big starters were, didn't play much last year. I think they're all going to be back, hopefully, for those guys. So I'm going to go Washington, Eagles, Cowboys, and then the Giants. Listen, there's a little transition there with the Giants. I believe in those guys, but i got to see something from them uh, to, for me to move them all the way up into you know, second or third place. Paul?
1: Yeah, we'll see. The, the problem here is we're talking about now. Potential, I think the Giants in the next year or two will be the best mm-hmm. offensive line in the division. But that's not today. Right. And so today – I've got to go with proven track record, and despite the injuries and despite the age, the Dallas Cowboys have to be number one for me. I can't get away from that. Their resumes are too strong. I have doubts that they're going to wind up being that at the end of the year, but based on resumes, I have to go with Dallas. Number two, probably have to go with Philadelphia. Um, Again, I'm not necessarily thrilled with what they've got, but... Between Dillard and Lane Johnson at the tackles, I'm going to give them the slight edge at number two. I'll go Giants number three, and Washington a very far four.
0: Okay, so you got Cowboys one. You said Giants are in third place, you said, Paul, right? Yeah. Okay, Let let me do my quick math here on the offensive side of the ball before we move to defense. That's 15 for the Giants. Okay. Uh, Washington, 6, 9. I I got every, I was adding as we went. All right, so here's what you guys have. For the offensive side of the ball, uh, 18, okay. Uh, both of you have the Cowboys with the most points on offense, which probably should not be a surprise to anybody. Uh, Paul with 18. Jeff with 17. Uh, if you go second place, Jeff is Washington is 13. Paul has the Giants with 15 points. In third place, Jeff has the Giants with 12 points. Paul has Washington with 9, and both of you have the Eagles in last place with 8 points out of those five categories. So and you guys? Uh, I, by the oh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Lance and I both had the Cowboys in first two. I had 17 points for Dallas. Lance had 18. I had the Giants in second place with 14. Lance had the Giants in second place with 12. Uh, we both had... Uh, I had... Let's see. We both had... Washington in last place with 9, Philly in second place with 10. That's kind of where we had it standing there. So generally close. I think we have the rankings about the same. And based on the talent, we think we know what these teams, I think that's about right. All right, let's go to the defensive side of the ball now. Start with the defensive line group. Again, these are the big boys up front. Mr. Dettino, why don't we start with you?
1: Well, you know where I'm going here. I mean, there's there's really no secret. Uh, I'm still going uh, with the Washington football team. They've got one of the top five defensive lines, if not top three, and maybe, who knows, that you could argue they've got the top defensive line in the National Football League. So uh, until somebody proves that they're better than them, I still have to go with them as number one. Um this is tough oh, here. This is
0: tough. It's not no, it is easy. It's very
1: tough. Number two, is, number two is a real, real squeaker because how much does Fletcher Cox have left? It's a great question. It's the same, how much does Hargrave have left? It's the same debate Lance and I had yesterday. <laughs> I think both of these guys are on the other side of the mountain. I think Leonard Williams is just in his prime right now. Um, and then the Giants are gonna to try to fill things in with uh, you know Danny Shelton and Austin Johnson and I, I'm gonna go with the upside instead of the downside. So let's go squeaker to the Giants followed by Philadelphia and then Dallas.
2: Jeff. So what was so you had uh, Washington he had Giants, Washington Philly Giants Dallas.
0: Philly Dallas yes.
2: Okay. I like the I, I, I'm gonna put those first the top two, okay. Um, and then I'm going to... Well, Dallas yeah. has to be
0: last here, right? I They're mean, last. I, I They're think last. that's Absolutely. the easy yeah. one. Yeah, I
2: was just, I was kind of good. So, okay, yeah, that, that's my ranks. Washington, Dallas, excuse me, Washington, Giants, uh, Eagles, Dallas.
0: All right, we all had the exact same rankings in this category except for Lance. He had Philly and Washington reverse. He had, I mean, he had Philly and the Giants reverse. So he had Philly second, Giants third, but the rest of us all had the same. Oh, wow, okay. All right, now let's go to the edge rusher class. And again, I think the top of this is interesting, and then we'll see where it goes from there, Jeff. Why don't you
2: lead us off with the edge class? Okay, so I'm just giving you just off the top of my head here. um, I I I think I still like. Oh boy. um, Do you want Paul to go first here, Jeff? We can if you
0: want. Yeah, please. Sure, Paul, go ahead.
1: Yeah, this 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 one's very very difficult. If only because that's why I'm stuttering. (laughs) Well, here's the the problem. The problem is the Giants have more numbers than anybody else in the division. When you look at the the collection sure. of, of outside linebackers that they can put on the field, they have by far the most numbers. And so if any one of these guys, you know, steps up and becomes a dominant force, all of a sudden they're right there. That's a big and if though. That is a big capital IF. Well, exactly, John. Exactly. But with so many numbers, it gives them a better chance to have that happen than otherwise. As, you know, as opposed to, for example, where's Philadelphia's numbers? Nah, I understand. Right? I mean, F- F- Philly's got no numbers out there. I mean, you know, do you consider uh, um, uh, Graham an, uh, an edge rusher? I guess he's the yeah. defensive end, Joyous. so I guess you consider him one, but he's also about 5,000 years old. <laughs> he's older. I mean, true. you know, Fiegel says socks probably as old as he is. I don't wear So, socks. So, okay, fine. <laughs> you know, they go and they sign Kerrigan, but they had to pull him off of uh, the the CVS line where he was buying gallons of Geritol. Wow! So now, Paul well,
0: is killing these guys.
1: Okay. Geez. So so Holy I mean, so what do you what do you do? Well, so you tell me. I'm a- I'm asking you, big boy. <laughs> you tell me. Give me your rankings. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Barn- to me, Barnett is the only guy who I really could feel good about uh, in terms of their edge rushers, and for the Giants, obviously. You know, again oh, oh Jesus. And how about
0: Washington? I mean I, they have two I, young guys. Yeah, I'll go from... Wa- yeah,
1: you gotta go Washington okay. with Sweat. Yeah, you gotta go Washington number one. I don't think there's any dispute about that. Okay, but good. after that, the division's a mess. You just don't know. So I'll go I'll go Washington. I'm gonna go Giants just because of their numbers. Oh third? For second place for the Giants, really? I'm gonna go because of their numbers. Right. They've got so many guys they can turn to, John. And that so I'll go Giants number two. Um, and then after that, uh, let's see. I'll probably wind up going uh, Philly four, Dallas uh, Philly three and Dallas four.
2: okay, Jeff, how about you? Well, Washington number one, um, I am going to I'm not going that high in the Giants. I just they're they're unproven, okay. Um, that's there's a lot of depth there, and we're hoping that again, like you said earlier, Paul, this is about this year, not the future. Right. Um, I think that um, I think Dallas has a lot of a lot of talent over there. I, I'm going to go Washington, Dallas, Philly, Giants. Okay. See Dallas. See Dallas. Those are my, in, see, those
0: are my is, outside. Those are edge guys. See Dallas is interesting because I think that's the I think you really I think Demarcus Lawrence might be the best of the group after mm-hmm. you get past Washington, right? He might be yeah. the best individual player left, but behind him, what's there? You know, Randy Gregory is always a question with you off the field stuff. Then they just got a bunch of young guys. So I, I, I think it's an interesting dynamic. What are you valuing here, top of the depth chart or, or the you know, size of the depth chart? So, and,
1: you know, it's been three years since Demarcus Lawrence was really dominant. So I'm not so sure that he really is.
0: Well, I mean, who else would you take He's over He's not DeMar- the same guy. Who else? Who would you take over Demarcus Lawrence
1: uh, after you get past Washington? After Washington, yes. you probably you probably could go to to Philly and take take okay. one of there too. No,
0: no, look, I think Brandon Graham would be an argument there. I don't disagree. You know, with that. again, he's long in the tooth. No, that's fair.
1: But, you know, he's good. I,
0: I think that would be your best argument. I'm with you. And by the way, Lance had the Eagles one here. Uh he had Washington 2, Dallas 3. I had Washington 1, Eagles 2, Dallas 3. That's how okay. I had that and, uh, Lance okay. and I both at the Giants in the rear. All right, inside linebacker slash off-ball linebacker. Again, for the Giants, this would just be the Blake Martinez guys. The other teams are all 4-3, so that's basically their entire linebacking core. So
1: how do you guys see this one? Who, who, who wants to lead off Paul. here? Paul, go ahead. Thank you. Well, let's just go to the bottom first, okay? <laughs> the bottom feeder. Well, uh, yeah, Let's let's just go right to the bottom feeders. And the bottom feeders are going to have to be uh, Washington and Philadelphia. Uh, that's what Lance and I had in our rankings as well. That's okay. Easy.
0: And now who's in? I think we, we both of us had the Eagles on the very bottom, and then Washington yeah, I would agree with that. that.
1: Okay. Jeff, do okay, you agree so with that, so Washington too? and Philly three and yep. four for me. Perfect. All right. In so, fact,
2: I could, I could actually – you could either swap those, and it wouldn't matter, in my opinion, I Philly agree. and Washington. I, I
0: think at least Washington used a first-round pick on a guy, so you hope that he can maybe get that You hope. At bump. least they do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, now how about 1-2? I think this is more interesting. I think if you wanted to go with the depth argument, Paul, for the edge rusher class, I think you have to give the edge to Dallas there, at inside linebacker. I'm yes. going Dallas
2: first.
1: I could I could see that point. The problem is that Martinez's numbers are so overwhelming. We still don't know what Micah Parsons is going to bring to the table, and and Van der Esch, who I happen to like a lot, he's hurt, I constantly. No, I know. You're right. So I'll go Giants and then Dallas.
2: So Giants, Dallas, Washington, Philly. Okay. And, yeah, I can see your argument about Blake Martinez. You know he's gonna he's gonna be one or two in the league. I of mean tackles. the dude is about as sure
1: fire as it comes, right? Yeah, Lan- oh, he's amazing. Lance. And I so both had,
0: Lance and I both had Dallas one Giants two like Jeff. So Jeff, okay. Lance and I were identical here with the inside linebackers, slash off ball
2: linebackers. Yep. All right, cornerback. Yep. Jeff, are you ready for this one? Uh Kind of. No, I'll um, take that as a no. <laughs> no, but I, I will. I'm, I, okay. I, yeah, I'll, I'll start from here. I think the Giants have the best, okay? okay. I mean, Bradbury, Adoree Jackson. I mean, these are proven, proven veterans, and I got some depth, uh, some good depth, good young guys at that, at that slot position. I'm going to go the New York Giants, the Dallas Cowboys. The Washington football team, and then the Eagles. You're going Cowboys number two, huh?
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. And you said Washington is number three, and Eagles are number one, and the Eagles are four. last. Yeah, perfect. All right. How about you, Paul?
1: Well, it's clearly in the Giants. I mean, the, the the duo that they have, and if you're going three and four, it, the Giants have one of the best cornerback rooms, I think, in the NFL. So I've got to go Giants number one. Uh, here's where it gets really interesting because I'm I'm not at all. Uh, uh, impressed with what the other three teams are putting on the field right now. I you like know, Was- Dallas
0: is incredibly young. I like Washington's group. Paul. I'm not going to lie. I think they're pretty you good. Ken-
1: Kendall Fuller and William Jackson. Yeah, I- good players. Fuller's Fuller's had some good seasons now. Jackson, I've 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 never been overly impressed with, but I I'm going to have to go Washington too. Dallas has youth there, and A you lot know of it. I mean. Look, Kelvin Joseph was a quality second-round pick for them. We know Diggs last year was a Mm -hmm. second-rounder, but a lot of people really think that he's going to be a good one. Maybe maybe he busts out, and and he's terrific this year. So there's a lot of potential there, but there's also a lot of room for growing pains. Mm -hmm. And they drafted right in the third round this year, and I think he's going to be okay. But right now, not necessarily. So... Geez, I just think that Philly's corners just are oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, they're not great. They're not great. So all right, just for the heck of it, I think Dallas's corners will make more plays than Philly's, even though they'll make okay. mistakes. I just I think Darius Slay is at the end and I think Maddox is just oh my goodness. So we'll go we'll go Giants, Washington, Cowboys, Eagles. Lance and I both had Giants, Washington,
0: Eagles. Cowboys, so that's kind of how we had that ranked out there. Let's go to safety here, guys, and for me, the top and the bottom is really easy, and then you have to figure out two and three.
1: (laughs) Am I wrong? (laughs) No, is it? But this is the same way for a few positions. Yep.
0: So, I mean, I think we all agree that the Giants are one here, right, given their plethora of safeties, I think that's easy. And I think when you look at the depth chart, I mean, I don't know how Dallas isn't at the bottom. We don't even know who they're Starters are going to to be
2: without going to a depth chart. That's (laughs) for sure. Exactly. All right. So who is, how about Washington versus Philly? I think this is where it's a little interesting at least. boy. I mean, I, I I think I got a, I would tend more to go to Washington. I I like their secondary as a, as a whole, including the, the uh, safeties. I think that again, Philadelphia is just, I mean, what, where are they these days? I think that I'm going to go that order. I'm going to go what you said. I'm going to put Washington ahead of the Eagles.
1: Okay, and of course I'll uh, I'll do I'll do that as well.
0: mm, Okay, interesting. Lance and I had the opposite. We had the Eagles ahead of Washington, just because we think Harris is really good, the guy they got over from Minnesota. Yeah, and we don't know about Landon Collins coming off the injury, and that's why we had Philly ahead of Washington. But I I could see it both ways.
1: Yep, I I I, you know that's a toss up. Both both teams are far behind the Giants.
2: Oh, and you talk about depth too. I mean, exactly. Not only are the Giants good at who their starters are, they got some tremendous depth, the guys that can play the position.
1: I mean, Um, when you consider Xavier McKinney is actually the Giants' third safety as we sit here today, that's ridiculous, you know, compared to the other people in the division. Yeah, yeah. All right, so defensive
0: totals very quickly, just to give you guys what we have. Not surprisingly, uh, the Giants – And Washington are really neck and neck here. Wow, this is interesting. So both Lance, Jeff, and I have the Giants and Washington in a dead heat in terms of total ranking points here. Paul has the Giants two points ahead of Washington, 18 to 16. So they're the two teams that are obviously in the front here. The Eagles are, for Lance and I, the third-place team with 11 and 13 points. You guys have them all the way down at eight points on defense with Dallas at eight points for Detino and 12 for Jeff. So that's kind of, and again, I think going into the season, this is kind of how we thought about it. All right, so now let's go to special teams. Jeff, I have to let you lead off here. I hope you're ready for special teams at least.
2: Um, well, yeah, I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so go ahead. Lead us that's off, That's uh, fine. First of all, the last place team for special teams is going to be the Eagles. That's easy. Uh, the Eagles are just a horrible football team. I mean you ca can you even uh name any you know who the punter is for the Eagles? No.
0: <laughs> the only guy you know is Elliot because he hit that game winner against the Giants a
2: couple I'm serious, right? No, I, I, I get it. I get it. Um I think the the best punter in the NFC East is gotta be uh is Washington, okay, the Australian. Um Trey uh what's his uh what, what Yep, yep what that's he's the best. So I'm gonna put um uh, then you got Dallas, um and wash. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Washington. The Giants. Dallas Eagles. Okay. Mr. Detino. I, oh, I.
3: Oh, hold on.
2: I'm sorry. Excuse me. I take that back. I take that back. I, hold on. I forgot about the place kickers. Hello, <laughs> um,
0: let me let me switch this. Jeff.
1: Up. Only worrying about punting, no, shocking. Absolutely, no, <laughs> forget I mean, about Jeff, the place kickers. Jeff, to be <laughs> honest, I was a little bit concerned with your rankings because you were forgetting about the return guys too. Uh, well, I just
2: again this, I and I, I'm going to apologize, you guys, because this I just I I spaced on this whole preparation thing for today, so I'm kind of winging it a little bit. But here's the thing: I will tell you this, the Giants. I think that. Uh, I think that they're going to be better this year. They're, they're always consistently good, you know. They, until they, they make that jump to like they're the best best in the NFL. Um, but I think Riley Dixon's working on some things. We don't have to worry about um, Gano. We know what he can do. Um, I think that now we got Kadarius Tonian returning, so I'm gonna. That's why I'm gonna put the Giants first, and then the rest of them the same way. Just that's. F- Swap the first and second team for me.
0: Got it. So Giants at four. And by the way, Lance and I had that too. So they're in first place with four points. You have Washington second. Lance and I both had them in third. You have Dallas in third place. Lance and I had them in second because, they're, because of their return game in zero line. And then we both had the Eagles in last. How about you, Polydots?
1: Yeah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with you on, on your rankings uh, with Dallas uh, ahead of Washington and then uh, Philadelphia in last, all behind the Giants. All right, finally. All behind the Giants.
2: Let's
0: go with coaching, and this is the whole staff, okay? Just generalized coaching. I know it's general. Um, Just to talk about where Lance and I went, uh, just because of his track record, we put Ron Rivera first here. Um, Lance and I had Giants and Cowboys swapped in second, and then we had the Eagles coming up last, just because we don't know what Sirianni's going to be yet.
1: Well, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that because of his pedigree, uh, you've got to go with Ron Rivera, number one, and, and quite honestly, even last year, being able to squeak out a division championship with mm-hmm. that Washington club. Yeah, totally agree. It, it's hard to go against him. I'm I'm going to go with the Giants second because, as you guys know, and I've said this many, many times, uh, Mike McCarthy and his teams are underachievers habitually especially when it gets to the postseason. I am not a Mike McCarthy fan, never have been, probably never will be. So it's not hard for me to put him in third place, besides the fact that I am incredibly impressed with Joe Judge and his entire coaching staff. So it's an easy number two for me for the Giants, and then uh, clearly the unknown Philadelphia Eagles would be four.
2: Yeah, I totally get Ron Rivera. Um, Our rankings were identical, by the way, Paul. Just Those ones see. there. Um, I'm having I'm, I I want to put Washington first, but I really want to as a staff we're talking about the whole staff here, offensive coordinator, yep. defensive whole coordinator, deal. head coach, and I'm so impressed with Joe Judge. I'm utterly impressed with Coach Graham and what he's done with that defense. I think he's going to even do better. What's holding me back from putting the Giants first is the offense, and so and from that standpoint, I've got to put Washington ahead because of Ron Rivera's. I I just think that collectively with him in there. So I will go Washington barely like just barely above the Giants and then Dallas and then the Eagles.
0: All right. So Giants second. And then you said Dallas and then Philadelphia, right? Yeah.
2: I think we're all the same there, right? Yep.
0: All of us have exactly the same, except for Lance. He is Dallas ahead of the Giants. He likes McCarthy and his, his background, but I'm, I'm with you guys. I think his history of underachieving is not, is not ideal. All right, why don't you guys discuss what your thoughts are here while I do a little bit of math so that it's not just the worst. uh, Well, I'll start
2: off, Paul, by (laughs) by just kind of collect, you know, as we talk about all these units and this and that, I think that um, if you have to look at one other category, and I I think I don't know if we're going to be doing this down the line, but if I look at, like, who is the most improved team as a whole that's going to, you know, make some noise in this division – Clearly, the Eagles are not the most improved. They're, they're trying to improve. So we'll eliminate those guys. And then you talk about Washington, Dallas, and Giants. You know, I got to think that the Giants are probably a team that's, that's going gonna, gonna to have the odds on favor to compete against Dallas as the number one spot. And, I, and then don't forget about Washington in there. So, I mean, this is going to be a close one again this year. And so, as far as the most improved, in my opinion, I look at the Giants and what they've done free agency wise and in the draft. I think they they are they improved themselves by far to me more than anybody in the division this year.
1: Well, you know, I don't usually get down to my nitty gritty predictions until the final roster is yeah. set before opening day. But well, we don't have to. Does... I was just
2: that's just something off the top of my head that John. Yeah, I, so. I
1: just think that right now, as you look at these teams and you say, mm-hmm. well, the Giants and Washington. Were razor-thin close last year. Yeah, the Giants beat them twice. Uh, the Redskins, or the, the Red team, I should say. You know, they've they think they've enhanced their quarterback spot, but they've really got a Jekyll and Hyde guy playing behind center, who's also very, very old. Uh, you know, it, it's hard for me to think that they're going to be that much better. I'm I'm sorry. Okay, I look so at they the stay additions. The same. I look at the additions, and I say, of all the teams in the division, the Giants have by far made the best additions of any of them. Mm -hmm. And since they were razor thin with Washington last year, and they beat them twice, and I think their quarterback is on the up, there's no way that I'm going to pick against the Giants to win the NFC East. I do think that Washington will, will, will be in the mix Basically because I think Philadelphia is out of it, and I think that Dallas does have the firepower if Prescott's healthy and can have the kind of season he had that he can have to at least stay competitive and be the third-place team. Just because he's going to be winging it around all the time. Now, their defense is historically bad. There's no way that all of their newcomers are going to immediately have an impact. That's not the way it works in this league. Rookies have growing pains. So their defense will still be poor. So I I feel they've got to be in third. And let's remember, too, defense, you can always hang your hat on defense and special teams. Washington has good defense and special teams. Mm -hmm. So they're going to give the Giants some headaches, but they won't have enough to overcome and win the division. All
0: right, so here's where we came. I'll give you guys the individuals here very quickly. So Jeff is higher on Washington than everybody else. He was the only person to have Washington with the most total points at 35. He has the Dallas at 33, Giants at 31. All of us have the Eagles in in last, by the way, so I won't Mm -hmm. waste everyone's time with that. Paul has the Giants at 40, the only one to break the 40 barrier. He has Dallas and Washington tied for second at 31, Philly at 18. Lance has everybody a little bit tighter than everyone else. He has Dallas at 33, Giants at 32, Washington at 30. So really tight there. And Philly at 25, which is more points than anyone else gave the Eagles. I have the Giants at 36, Dallas and Washington tied at 31, and then Philly bringing up the rear at 22. So if you average them out, if you take all of our four rankings and you put them together and you do the average, you have the Giants at 34.75. You have you have Dallas at 32 flat, Washington at 31.75, which is nearly a, a statistical tie with Dallas, and then Philly bringing up the rear at 20.75. So if you look at all that in totality, here's what I can say. Philly's probably going to win the division.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was kind of thinking the same thing you were. I am like, you know what, there's something wrong here. We're going to mess it up. Someone's going to come from behind, but there's, no way. there's but no way.
0: Here's the thing, and Paul, and I think this is kind of the point of this exercise. The Giants finished far better in this exercise this year than they ever have before when we've done this, which I think shows how the talent on the roster has improved over the last couple of years.
2: Yeah, definitely. Good point. I mean... And and that's the way it should be, right? I mean, we should be talking about this uh, this team going forward with what they did in the in the off season and and how their even their current roster before the draft in uh, and before free agency was hey, they you know it, towards the end of the year last year they started to play well. And so now with these additions, I think there's nothing you can say better than they are they are up and the the arrow is pointing up. Hey, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to say this and this is going to be a cop out. I don't
0: like doing, you know, predictions, but to me, Dallas, Washington, and the Giants are close enough that whichever team is the healthiest is probably going to be the team that wins this division.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a, a great a great division this year to, to compete wise. You know, everybody. I don't know if it's going to be the NFC least this year. I, um, look,
0: I, my I think you are going to have to win ten to win the division. I think you are going to have to go ten okay. and seven.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, seven won it last year.
0: I mean, nine and eight maybe in a tiebreaker scenario, but even so. Paul, do you agree with that? Do you think you're going to need to get to 10-7 and 7 to win the division this year? Is that fair?
1: I think you have to. I, I, I absolutely believe you're going to have to win 10 games, and I think the Giants can do that. No, I think so too. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Now, now now, look, now you have to play well, right? Half, half the battle, or maybe a third of the battle, is the talent on the roster. You need that. If you don't have that, I don't care how well you're coached and how well you play. If you don't have the talent, you're not going to be able to do it. So the talent's there now. So the question is, can they play well enough every given week where the talent breaks through and their record aligns with the talent? Which, as you guys well know, in the league, we go through this every year, right? How many years do we say, oh, my goodness, look how good the Chargers are? And then they win seven games. You know, it happens all the time. Sure. So can the Giants break through that way, which will be the key here, I think. All right. We have a phone call up, so let's do it. 973-667-1960. That was a fun exercise. Hope you guys at home enjoyed it as well. Um, Let's go to the calls. Caller, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from?
3: That's okay.
0: I'm sorry. Go ahead, sir. I, I...
3: yeah. Okay. No, it's Len from oh, Columbia, Len, John. Up, that's okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and I'm enjoying your ex- the exercise of the last two days. Very good. Hard to argue with any of the way you. Oh, by the way, I, Len, I, yeah. I
0: forgot to ask you: Are the cicadas just brutal near you? I have friends oh. down in D.C. where they like can't even function.
3: Oh my God, John! It's it's worse than D.C. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. I'm. i We're. We're. We're cicada. You know, cicada central, <laughs> uh, Montgomery Montgomery County, Howard County, where I am. And a little north toward Baltimore, east of, um, I should say west of 95, um, as you're going from Baltimore to Washington. I'm in an older neighborhood, uh, heavily treed. Oh, boy. And, uh, oh, my goodness.
0: (laughs) Are they slowly starting to go back into the ground, or are they still uh, doing their thing up in the trees? (laughs)
3: Everybody's hoping for the end of the month, because that's the forecast.
0: Okay, I got you.
3: Yeah, yeah. But we're we're at the height of it right now. And... um, uh, you know, you get on the golf course, Jeff, and uh, you start your backswing, and two of them uh, land on your shoulder. Well, and, I was, hey, Lynn,
2: it, I was in, I was in Baltimore back-to-back weekends uh, three weeks ago, uh-huh. and one of the lacrosse games, I went to the NCAA championship game for the women's lacrosse, and uh-huh. that was at Towson. Yeah, they. And we were walking to our car. It sounded like there were car alarms oh, going off
3: during the day when it's hot. Oh, the sound is yeah, unbelievable. it was crazy, it was this, unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. really weren't. Well, oh, yeah. hanging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so so another yeah, probably another 2 weeks. July 1. Everybody's hoping. Uh just yeah, this is the whole thing is just a freak of nature as you know, but uh I mean that's 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 nature. That's how it works. But yeah, we're we're surviving. We're surviving. Um listen, um great, you know, great exercise and I've enjoyed the, you know the heck out of it. That's why I called two days in a row, John. Um the point I wanted to make—I guess I alluded to it yesterday. Also, John, um, you know the question is: individual matchups between players, I, th- I think, are going to be a key. I know injuries are going to play a big part, but you know, is Chase Young going to dominate in our two games? Are we going to be able to handle you know, that player? Um, is Gates going to be able to handle and in the interior of our offensive line handle that front? three of of you know of washington uh that i think those are going to be like the trouble spots um how well does bradbury cover cooper you know he did a good job last year but can we repeat that i think individual matchups are going to make a big deal you know out of this at out of this division and if we're going to win it I, i mean thomas is going to have to neutralize young or at least not let him dominate And Gates is going to be going to be able, you know, he's got to be able to handle the fronts of those other teams. Um, So while I like the exercise that you did, to me, it's all going to come down to those individual max uh, matchups and a few plays for each game between those guys. Absolutely. Um, I I mean, is there really going to be a difference without Tomlinson along our defensive line? Um, You know, if you start looking at the fourth best. Offensive line in the division against the best defensive line in the division. How big is the gap? You know, I mean, you got to ask yourself, how how much will they really dominate? Uh, I think that's going to make all the difference in the world. And the, only thing, the other thing, Paulie, you know, I know we keep talking about competition at positions. You, you concentrated on an outside linebacker, and, and we've certainly got some along the offensive line. But, uh, you know, September 10th against Denver... That's when the banquet starts. And, and we got a bunch of people who, right now, we don't know if they're any more than ham sandwiches competing against each other. You know? I mean, you put Lance and I competing against each other for the right tackle position. Maybe a little intriguing, but no Giants fan wants to see it the, the winner play right tackle. <laughs> you know? Made I for I mean, TV events. It's, it's great to have competition, but, you know, the guy's got to be able to play. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: Look, no, I Len, that. I'm going to go back to one of the, the mechanisms that I use every offseason, and you've heard me say this before, but I'll do it again. You look at the depth chart going into training camp, and you say to yourself, how hard is it going to be to cut to the final 53? And there have been years over the past decade where I looked, and I could easily get down to 46 or 45 okay. Okay. Because there was going to be dead wood on the back of the 53. Well, Paul, how about two years ago? I don't ago, feel that way now.
0: How about two or three years ago when after they came up with their first final
1: 53, they,
0: they, cut, changed out like they eight guys. cut seven guys right. for other mm-hmm. players on other teams? I think exactly. That,
1: I think that told you all you needed to know. And, and that goes exactly to the point of what I'm trying to tell you. And this is a, a mechanism that I've I've used forever and it's been very effective in yeah. telling me how competitive the roster should be. Now, it doesn't take into account injuries, obviously. It doesn't yeah. take into account bad apples and guys yeah. who wind up going south and yeah. for whatever reason don't develop like they're supposed to. Yeah. But it well, is a good indicator yes. as to the quality yes. of the roster. Yes. And this but, roster is going to be good.
3: Well, I, I I agree with you, and I'm and I'm hoping we're right. Let me, let, me, let me just add this. You guys all remember what Parcells used to say about 40 through 53 on the roster. And it probably wasn't 53 in Parcells' days, but let's just use that number. 40 through 53, if you think you're between 40 and 53, don't buy rent. You know? <laughs> There's no assurance you're going to be on the team no, tomorrow. You know? Jeff, Jeff, help me with this. I'm concerned about my 30 best players. Those are the ones I want to keep healthy. Those are the ones who are going to win football games for me. Yeah. Um, That's fair. 24. I, That's I, I fair. want those I want those top 30 and and do can our top 30 match up? Paul, I appreciate I think we're better too. I mean, there's no question about it, but you know, but how much better? How much better are we? Um, I guess we're going to have to wait and see. We're going to have to wait and see on that, but I, I always I always think of it if and I think we've got a, a 30 that can compete with the other three you teams. In our it, and,
0: and you know, I'm going to go back to something that you actually asked this question a lot and I think based on where the Giants' roster is to the point that Paul just made, we know that depth-wise they're better. There's a better breadth of talent, right? But I think it's a fair question now which guys now are the difference makers, right? And and you always talk about pro Bowls and all pros, and I think that's a good conversation to have now. So which guys on this roster are going to step up and be those difference makers? Like last year, Bradbury was one of those guys. Can Adore Jackson be one? Can Kenny Galladay be one? Is Barkley going to be one? Will one of the offensive linemen step up and be a difference maker? Will someone besides Leonard Williams on the defensive line do that? So that to me... More than the depth of the roster yeah, or the yes. types of questions we're yeah, asking now?
3: Yeah. Listen, we're paying Galladay a lot of money. We're expecting him to be one of those kinds of guys. 100%. He has to be. I, I mean, you know, no be. question. And, 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 and Andrew's got to make a – I mean, there's got to be a lot of growth at left tackle. Sure. Um, you, you know, just got to be a lot of growth. But those are the – I mean, you're right. That's, that's the question. And, of course, John, you know, 10, 12 years with with, with you on this show, um, I'm obsessed with stars. I'm just, I'm obsessed with having star players. Um, I think then I try to do that at the end of every season. How many of the people who make all the, the uh, AP all pro team are giants? And last year it was nobody. You know, I mean, you 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 got to have stars. The teams that go to the playoffs have two or three of them, at least two or three.
0: Now, remember, I also think that making the playoffs makes it more likely for guys to be voted yeah. on to those teams. So there's well, a little chicken yeah, and an egg yeah, thing yeah, there, yeah, too, yeah, I think. Yeah.
3: yeah, but there's a good reason for that, because they're good, John. Oh, no, 100%? No
0: argument? <laughs> but, for example, last year, Len, if the Giants win 11 games and make the playoffs, there's a good chance Bradbury makes the APL pro team. You know what I mean?
3: Yes. It, it takes a year for people to take notice, so Correct. to speak. Yes, yeah, I right. agree with that. I, agree. I mean, he was too. buried in Carolina, yeah. and doing Leonard a lived. wonderful, doing a wonderful job against those wide receivers in you know the NFC South, no question. But I mean, he was hardly noticed. So you got a third place team, you know. I mean, you know, uh, you know. Len, Coach can, you I, can I
1: ask you a question before
3: you sure. go? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, How I, you love Paul, I love it. the many
1: guys that the Giants have in the two thousand season when they went to the Super Bowl? And destroyed Minnesota forty-one to nothing in the NFC Championship game.
3: Um, here's a, Any idea? Here's, yes, 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 yes. I, I, Paul, I was there, and uh, shout out to um, Jim Fossil. You guys have covered it, but thank you very thank you very much. Rest in peace, Coach. Um, and, and you know the jacket that he wore that day? We've seen it in all the pictures from that Minnesota game. Mm-hmm. I got that jacket in my closet downstairs, Paul. Really? I pull it out every once in a while and.
0: Now for the record, that it's not the actual jacket, it's just the the, jacket. the same style jacket. Yes, yeah, yes. same okay, style. Yeah, you know, you. with
3: the leather the leather, <laughs> so the
0: leather like, sleeve, stole the leather it sleeve. from Fossil's closet or something like that. No, no, no. <laughs> oh my no, god. No,
2: no, no, no,
3: it's not the same jacket. No, right. it's not the I, same we were jacket. We
0: were
2: waiting for the
3: story with yeah, that one. Yes. I just wanted to make it clear
0: so
1: people so people didn't misunderstand. No,
3: well let me let me let me get back to Paul's question. I, mean, I want to make sure well, what what were you alluding? What, what, what do you want me to? Do? Well, you
1: were you were talking about you're looking for all stars to be on those yeah. lists at all the right. end of the season, and that kind of tells you yeah. how many star players you had yeah, okay. and how good a year you had. Okay. So I'm asking you: When the Giants played in Super Bowl 35, okay, how many Pro Bowl players yeah. did they have? We
3: didn't
1: have any. Jesse Armstead. Uh,
3: Jesse. Okay. Yeah, and Jesse that's Armstead. it. Yeah. One. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Was that a season that made you happy? Was that a
1: successful season? Did they get to a Super Bowl? And only one player made an All-Star team. That's it. Not Tiki Barber, not Kerry Collins, not Michael Strahan, not Amani Toomer. There were some pretty damn good players on that team. Well, and here's the thing. I I,
0: I, I think that's why you can't obsess yourself with the actual teams. Bingo. But I think you look at the guys. Like, for example, none of us would argue that Leonard Williams didn't play at an all-pro level last year, so I think you have to look at level of play, not necessarily if they get picked to one of these subjective teams. You know yeah, what I mean, mean? You know, Keith yeah.
1: Hamilton was a dominating nose uh, defensive tackle on yes, that team, was. but he didn't yes, make he a was. Pro Bowl. So I yep. could give a flying horse's butt who yeah, gets well, voted to okay, watch. Okay,
3: okay, but Paul, here, let me—you're you, going back 21 years, Paulie.
1: Yeah, but I mean, so you I'm made a statement that me. I, I, I mean, needed to debunk for you, you, and that's what I just did.
3: Okay, well, you can find it, but you can find the outlier in just about any any argument between Well, it. I simply argument, picked a Giants team that
1: I knew you would yeah. know yeah. that was successful enough to debunk your thoughts. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that, you know, that's going to happen all the time, but there's a classic example of a, a Giants team. I didn't pick another team. I didn't go to another organization because I, I figured you would best know the Giants. <sighs> okay. I got a feeling that you were okay. really happy during that 2000 season.
3: They oh, put a oh lot of smiles God. on your faces, oh my right? God, that was was that a wonderful day, Paulie?
1: <laughs> you know? <laughs> and and one. and one guy, one guy got a postseason honor. I could give a, a like I say, a horse's butt about yeah. how many guys go on an All-Star team. Yeah. I don't
3: care. Yeah, yeah. I, I know, I know. Um, my, my only rejoinder to you, Paul, I, I understand what you've said. And, and you're right about a lot of it. My only rejoinder to you would be, give me the stars, Paulie. I want to hey. play with stars.
2: You know, well, you got some this year.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really. I, well, I, yeah, let, and, and they say, you know, Leonard Williams, hey, what, what was, he stayed healthy. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we've got to hope for good health. John, you alluded to that earlier in, you, you know, in the show. I mean, Leonard was spectacular. And, and the reason why? I mean, he he was in every game, relatively healthy, and and, and you know, and so was Bradbury. Um, so you know, hoping for the best. Hey, listen, thanks for taking me two, you know two days in a row thanks, here. Thanks, I, I appreciate welcome. it. Okay, man. Good I conversation. Care. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. And
0: I just looked at it really quick, Paul. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I did, what do you got? this was really fast, so if I'm wrong, folks, I apologize. I'm just scrolling through the roster. Uh, 2007. I have Osi as the only player that made a Pro Bowl on our Pro team. Hmm, based on what I'm looking at at, on, at uh, Pro Football Reference. What about okay. 08? And that's then, when they all went. Right. And, and Well, that's the thing, right? That's what we were talking about. Well, it kind of takes a year to get the recognition. Yeah, and then yeah. in 2011, I have two, Eli right. and JPP. Correct. Surprisingly, neither one of the receivers made it that year, which is crazy. Victor Cruz had 1,500 receiving yards and nine touchdowns yep. and didn't make a Pro Bowl? Yep. Yeesh. Too many guys.
2: Too many yep. others. It's in like Paul always goes, it's just a popularity contest. No, it is, which is absolutely true. And so, you know, you just uh, – I think you look at the AP, you know, the uh, the All-Pros. Those – I mean, those really – and there's only one of them, right? There's a second team. But, I mean, that that's your true star of the league. If you can get guys on those on those lists, you're doing something. You know I mean? See, the problem, has always been on
1: there and – The problem you know. with the 07 and the 11 teams and the reason I didn't bring them up uh, because those teams – had guys who wound up making a number of All Star teams at different points Correct. in their career. Right, 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 right. The right. two thousand team, not so much. Yeah, I mean they had they had Strahan and Tiki. Strahan that and did, Tiki right? made made a bunch, but other than that, you're not looking at a team that had a bunch of guys who wound up going to other All Star teams. Fair. All right, I so that. that's why I picked out that squad. I have one more
0: person that called in. You want to squeeze them in since you only took there one call? All right, let's yeah, do it. Cole, you're right on the now. air. What's your name? Where are you calling from?
3: Hey, what's up, guys? Andrew Stanhope, New Jersey. Andrew, what's just up? What I just want to say quickly, don't forget on that team, Keith Hamilton, like you said, Paul, you had that question, most overrated, underrated Giants of all time. He definitely was underrated.
2: He Who's never that? made the Pro Bowl. Hamilton.
3: Uh, Keith. Oh, for He's sure. Hammer. Hammer? He should
1: have gone such to at least two or three Pro Bowls during the prime of his career. The guy was he, a dominant defensive tackle.
0: And one of the scariest individuals that have ever set foot on a football <laughs> no field.
2: No question. A story coming. <laughs>
3: but also, um, Jason Seahorn was on the 2000 team. Felipe yes, he Park. was. Yes, he was. Jason but he had already Sehorne come back
1: from his injuries and was not right, the same player right. uh, at that right. point. Although, huh, let's not forget the spectacular pick against Philly.
3: And I think uh, Kerry Collins had a great, a great Pro Bowl type year. And Amani Toomer never made a Pro Bowl, and that was the one year when it was kind of like egregious. He should have. I think it was that year when he was definitely one of the mm-hmm. you know, top two or three in the league. But mm-hmm. thanks, guys. You're, You're right. Welcome. That was an excellent show. i was excited for training camp. Talk to you soon.
0: Thank you, Andrew. All right, Figos, you have a hammer story?
2: Oh, my God. So you you nicked the nail on the head. You said, oh, no pun intended the hammer. Uh he <laughs> Well done. <laughs> He is. was a very scary man. And by the way, nobody messed with Hammer except for Strahan and some other guys and Tiki. You know, but anyway. So when I came to the Giants in 'O three, you know, I'd been in the league for a long time, and uh, so I always had the back seat of the bus, being the the veteran of the team. So I remember going on our first away trip as a Giants team and getting on the bus going to the airport. And I walk onto the bus to go to the back seat, and who's sitting in the back seat but Hammer? And I and I had for a second, I said, okay. This is going to – I say something now and get probably thrown off the bus or I don't say anything forever and just sit in the seat in front of them. And I chose that I wasn't gonna say anything to him because he was scary as heck.
0: Now here's and the I, question
2: though. Couldn't you sit on the other back seat across from him? No, because there's like there, remember that there was a bathroom back there, right? oh. And he had I that one you. backseat. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, I got yeah. back there and Hammer was sitting there and I'm like, I am not going down this road and I'm not gonna say a wardrobe. There's two guys in my in my whole career that I that I was pretty much like if I just looked at the guy I was afraid to look at someone like that cuz <laughs> just just so scary and that was Andre Tippett and and Hammer Andre Those Tippett, two guys huh? scared the you know what out of me. Um, but he was the nicest man. I mean he's really a good dude. But I just ne- but by the way never sat in that until Hammer left, which I think was a year later. Um, I got my back seat back. So. Andre Tippett, huh? John. Andre Tippett. Oh my god. He, he was a black belt in karate. When I came in from Miami, you know, he was in a prime of his career. I didn't know he was a black belt. Oh, and but the thing a about it, he player, just— Great player, by the oh, way. Oh, I know. He oh, was oh, an awesome famer. player. Right, absolutely. Just so mean um, <laughs> looking, but just a nice guy. Oh, and so, the so is, he, he was actually nice. He just looked mean. He looked mean. He was actually—well, he was kind of mean to all the rookies. In fact, I had to—I was the guy that everybody had to pay— And I had to write a check because on Thursday nights was camaraderie night and the rookies always had to foot the bill. And if whether you went there or you didn't. So on Monday, the following week, you had to I had to bring the check uh, collectively from everybody because Andre would pay for it that night. And then I had to pay him back because all the rookies had it. We had a pool on Monday. so I had to bring a check. Well, one time I forgot my check
1: on Monday. I oh, thought I was going to no.
2: die. <laughs> yeah.
1: and, and, and you know, John, for for those folks out there who don't remember Tippett, now I'm so glad that he finally got into the Pro Football Hall of yeah, Fame because the truth of the matter is, okay, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again: Lawrence Taylor is the greatest player who's ever lived in the National Football League. Certainly, the greatest defensive player who's ever lived. When Andre Tippett was in his prime in the early to mid 80s with the New England Patriots, he was about the closest facsimile mm-hmm. to Lawrence Taylor that you could find on the football field. Yeah. That's how much I respected Andre Tippett. This guy, this guy was and and this is now we're talking about remember the same era as LT. He yeah. wasn't LT, but he had some similar traits. And to me, to me, Andre Tippett and Ricky Jackson are the only two guys who could even be on the same planet with Lawrence Taylor. That's how much I respected Andre Tippett. And remember now, this guy grew up in the streets of Newark, okay? So when you talk about someone mean as a junkyard dog, Mm -hmm. forget about bad, bad Leroy Brown. Andre Tippett was that guy foaming at the mouth.
2: Yeah, go on YouTube and look at some of his plays. I mean, he, he's, he was a heck of a football player. And by the way, by the time I got to know him, I only played two years there, but uh, you know, my, my time there, I got to, to know him. Great guy. Just very intimidating. Same thing with Hammer. Well,
0: you know? and look, Tibbet's one of those guys, right? Besides the one year where they got to the Super Bowl, the Patriots just weren't very good right. in that era. Correct. So I think people just didn't talk about him a lot because the Patriots, frankly, stunk. And it's one of those guys that gets lost because they play on a bad team. And Hammer, then when he Hammer got Hammer hurt used,
1: in the prime of his career, he banged up his shoulder and he was never yeah, the same player again. That's right. Yep. Hammer used to wear one of those big, huge duster, you know, those big, huge
2: jackets. Yes. Can you imagine seeing this guy He's like six foot seven, <laughs> you know, just mean as, as a junkyard dog. And he used to wear this big old overcoat. And he looks like I mean, I don't know what he had underneath there. Look, like he had like swords and knives and guns and everything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Probably brass knuckles, too. But you know you know what's funny about that, Jeff? When he came in from the University of Pittsburgh and he was a defensive end, and he was good, okay, he was good, but they moved him inside to defensive tackle, and that's where he, yeah, his junkyard he dog havoc. mentality yeah. of foaming at the mouth in the interior of the trenches, that's where Keith Hamilton, to me, really kind of made his bones in the NFL because he was built to be a nasty SOB on the interior. That he was. That yep. he was. All
2: right, guys. Fun times. Thank you, John. Thank you, Paul. Thank so you, thank guys. You.
0: Tomorrow, again, it's our last show of the week. The office is closed for Juneteenth on Friday, so we will not have a show on Friday. So tomorrow it will be Mr. Fiegels and Mr. Detino taking your calls. We might have a guest as well. Stay tuned for that. Paul will post that up on his Twitter account. When it is confirmed, thank you for being with us. I hope you enjoyed the shows the last couple of days. For Paul Dottino and for Jeff Eagles, I am John Schmelk. We'll see you tomorrow at noon for another episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live.